Welcome to our podcast, Twin Speaks, where we are watching and discussing the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, the television series. And as always, I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Lori. Hello. And my friend, Snow. Hey, you guys. Do you think making a podcast is like trying to form a band when you're like over 30 years old? <laughs> it feels like it. This is what it feels like when we tried to do that. Considering that we tried to form a band in it. Failed miserably, and then yeah. we just resorted to this. I kind of think it the band thing that was really just Sam's fault. Well, and that I don't have any musical talent. And neither do I. That wasn't <laughs> stopping. Did <laughs> yeah. I ride music. you guys too hard? Sort of. Yeah, mm-hmm. sort of. Sort of. We all. It was felt more like we or less Sam going. We're not doing structure. this, and Snow and yeah. I locking ourselves inside the room. And there was a Sam little bit of like Sam was the dad, and yeah. we we're like the kids. A lot of that. Yeah. And like, there was a lot Sam of getting would, shut like, down. Walk, be like, I'm gonna go get a beer, and we'd be like, "What is deal? <laughs> Why won't he let us play?" <laughs> I think I might do that with this podcast. <laughs> I no, see I a lot of similarities. Going, guys, I think this, this is going really well. I'm gonna shut this down. Don't shut it down. We owe it to our fans. Oh, a little point of contention from the last episode. I don't know if you know. Major Briggs is a ginger. Suck it. I looked it up. Who was arguing that? You were. He's just bald, that's all yeah, I said. Yeah, but my ginger intuition, my, my, <laughs> gin- my sixth ginger intuition, ginger my ginger sense, I know a fucking ginger when I see one. Yeah. You guys, one of my favorite eps. One of my favorite eps. Least favorite ep. <laughs> all right. No, it's a good ep. It's a good ep. Great ep, great ep. Zen or the skill to catch a killer is the title of the episode. Oh, did I say Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance? <laughs> Okay, so All right, what, opening opening a dinner at the Horns house. Enter Uncle Jerry. Wait, can we talk about the kid with the goddamn the feathers on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. we've already oh, talked about so him. That's Audrey's brother. Johnny. I know, but we haven't talked about him sitting at the table with the feathers on. Yeah. Oh, okay. He always yeah. dresses up like an Indian. It's he a, loves it's irreverent. It's funny. She's the one that, or he's the one that uh, Laura is tutoring. Yes, Audrey's brother. So Jerry enters Ben and Jerry. Reunited once again. Fun fact: Ben and Jerry sent them free ice cream in the set after Jerry. Came. Oh, really? They mm-hmm. did. Yep. Do you, do you think they did it for the free ice cream? <laughs> yeah. Well, and in one of the books, Mark Frost said that he was hoping that they would make a Twin Peaks ice cream with with like donut pieces in it. Oh, really? Uh huh. Did they? They and never they, did no. it. No. Uh-huh. But that'd be great, though. The opportunity's still there. So is, is David Lynch like a big like ice cream freak? Oh, I don't know. Oh. No, it was just a comment Mark Frost made that oh, they okay. had said that once they introduced Jerry to the show, because he was kind of an accidental character, mm-hmm. that they got Ben and Jerry's got sent to the set. Jerry was an accidental character? Yes. 
What kind of I know fish? In what way? <laughs> you know what? That's a great question. Oh, fish, fish? <laughs> this would have been free. Fish this percolator free. fish food. Yeah. yeah. Fish in the percolator food. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry has uh, like the quintessential early 90s look, doesn't he? He's got like those round sunglasses. Are those flip, and, like, flip glasses? They might be. Weird hair. He's got like, yeah, the bowl cut. <laughs> the bowl cut, but that's cool. Like, right. It's like got a lot going on. I'm motioning above my head. <laughs> yeah, despite everything that Jerry stands for in the show, I always think he's, I always like him as a character. Yeah, he's likable. He's funny. Yeah. He's really funny. Is that guy in other stuff? I, I he's in other. Actor. I'm pretty sure he's in other David Lynch stuff. Okay. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I haven't. Said, I don't recognize him because from I think that's how he kind of came into. Um, what was the movie that they were filming right after Twin Peaks? That oh, he Wild took time at Heart. Off? I think he's in Wild at Heart. I don't oh, know for okay. sure. I don't, yeah, we I don't can remember look that up. That. I'll have to watch that again. We should have Colleen on Google duty. Like everything we say, you should check because half the things we say. Yeah, yeah probably not guy. true. IMDb yeah. Jerry from Twin Peaks. So we we uh, we open, and I always like to bring up the actual days that this is for the show, but you guys never seem to be interested. Oh yeah, go ahead. But it's that the humor you. It's, <laughs> it's the second day at nighttime, leading into the third day. Oh my god, that's so cool. It's fuck you. <laughs> no, I actually think that it's actually more interesting now than it was after like the first episode. <laughs> yeah. You're like you guys. This was the next day after so, the murder. Shut up. Well, so they're, they're because... having dinner at the Haywards the second day that night at, at the Haywards. No. I don't know. I just, I, I always think it's how weird that it's only like a day and a half from the it day that funny. they and find it was, or, um, like, I know that as far shore. as the cast was concerned, that was kind of a funny bit too, because at really? the beginning they did do day, day, day. Yeah. And so much progresses that you think that it's a long period of time and it's really a day. And when they were writing the show and they were talking about um, maybe making like Lucy pregnant, yeah, they joked that they would have to be on for like 40 more years oh. <laughs> if, before she actually delivered a baby <laughs> because they, you know, one season is essentially a week. Are like, you this, are you especially tuned in to the pregnancy storyline? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I relate to that. It really, really hits home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I guess twin <laughs> Google twin peaks, pregnancy material <laughs> search no i guess i guess it's intriguing to me because i i've watched the series a couple times all the way through but i i never realized if it was um in real time if it was day to day if each episode was a day or not so i guess i'm 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 kind of tuned into that now trying to keep track if it is or not i think the whole first season is it's it's one day yes. is one episode really much. the whole first season well the first season's only what nine episodes eight episodes so does that make you respect James Hurley more or less for professing his love to Donna after a <laughs> he two moves days always after moves. losing his girl, to, his you, you could have just said anything. It's less. <laughs> he I moves, respect him less He moves now. pretty quick. Why is Zozo's mom um, paraplegic? I don't I, think it's I, ever been yeah, explained. No, it's never explained in the series. Why do you think she's paraplegic? I don't know. I, I don't think know. Dr. Hayward, experimental. <laughs> I don't know if he. You think he's he like Doctor Moreau? Yeah, <laughs> she has like 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 cheetah legs. I yeah. <laughs> They're just dead cheetah legs. Just like didn't take. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Wait, is that what is that what happened to Donna? Is that is that what happened to Laura Flynn Boyle? Wait, what? Oh, her. 
her face. That, is that why she looks <laughs> up the way she does now? Oh. oh. She looks like a walrus. I see how we went from fiction to Yeah, I tried to make it work. Fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should start writing yeah, the spin-off <laughs> where it's just the background on Donna's family and the experimental cheetah leg. <laughs> yeah, James's mouth doesn't move when he talks, does it? You guys. Is that another experiment gone wrong? Yeah, he's like the, the human ventriloquist. <laughs> Uh, Cooper gets the note under the door. No, before that, um, he he plays his whistle, his hand-whittled whistle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say that five times. Hand-whittled whistle. Once. That was once. Um, and then he gets a phone call from... There's going to be a lot of edits in this. Phone call from Hawk. Um, and then Hawk tells him about the one-armed man. And it's super racist. And how he lost... (laughs) He says something like his mind and his spirit. Well, when mind Hawk's and on spirit the are still far apart yeah. or something. He just says like stereotypical Native American shit. Like every. Can we talk about the note that Cooper gets under his door? Yeah, I don't remember what it says. Uh, Jack with one eye. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, and he sniffs it. He sniffs the note because he smells the perfume and he's like, ah, yes. Mm. And he knows right away that Who it's it from is. Audrey. Audrey, of course. It's got her scent. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> what, what was that noise you were doing? Though? Sniffing the note. Ew. You did like it with your mouth. That was like, so creepy. <laughs> so you could taste it. God. <sighs> yeah. So now we got to figure out who Jay is. Right. And they're introducing the Dale Cooper police strategy of um, metaphysical Tibetan rituals. Which... Apparently, uh, dawned on him in a dream that he could, he had this, uh, ability. Yeah. Three, it was like three years prior. Yeah. That he has these deductive powers to throw stones at bottles. Yeah. And I think like, I liked that scene a lot because A, it's funny and it's weird and B, it sort of like introduces the Dale Cooper, like, wait, does this guy know what he's doing at all? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, you've trusted it. Like everything he's done, it's been spot on. He's like super, um, efficient and he's like by the book kind of guy and now all of a sudden three episodes later he's throwing rocks at bottles to to narrow in on a suspect yeah but everyone seems to be be okay with it everyone goes along with it yeah everyone trusts him he even gets hawk to wear oven mitts on his hands for some reason i didn't notice that i just noticed it today <laughs> i think that, that's so he doesn't maybe contam- they're hot rocks he doesn't contaminate the rocks with his like probably his juju yeah yeah his- his Native American spirits. I like when Andy gets hit in the head, mm-hmm. and then Truman like just calls him an idiot somehow. Yeah, he says like, uh, where, "Where there's, there's no some... sense, there's no feeling." Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. But like Andy's like clearly like it hurts him, and he's like doing a shitty job of like acting like it doesn't hurt at all. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Do you do you guys know why uh, Norma is so strong? I know she no, gets Nadine. like Nadine. Oh, Nadine. I mean, yeah. She she gets like uh, really strong, or she gets those superpowers later in the series. Does she she goes through a traumatic experience, or I, mean, I, I honestly forget. Nadine does. Yeah, she doesn't she. she um, 
I forget what the exact traumatic experience is, but you're right. She gets hit in the head. She, she or gets hit in the head or something where she wakes up and just she thinks she's in high school. And yeah, also oh, has but she has like super yeah. duper powers. Yeah, so she has like even before any of that happens, she has these powers in the in this yeah. episode or these this seemingly like unhuman strength. Yeah, already. Well, yeah, and then she dates Snake. Yeah, yeah. her and Snake are an item. Um, can I see? That's, it. That's where it goes just like out in the left field. She thinks she's in high school and she's dating Snake. And they're like in a relationship. Yeah. Like they're like boyfriend and girlfriend at high school. And Snake is all about it. He he loves it. Yeah. It, that's, yeah. It's, it's weird now and this point in the show. Like if you had told me when I was watching that, like, yeah, she's going to think she's in high school. And then her and Snake are going to bang and they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend in high school. Yeah. Like I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Spoilers, you guys. I think that might be one of my favorite tangents, though. They go on some really horrible tangents in the show, but that might be the most entertaining one, don't you think? Yeah, and she's just a psychopath. Like that, she's like captivating. Yeah, yeah. In this episode, one of the things when they're, um, when they have the scene with her and um, Big Ed coming in with the grease on his hands. Yeah. When they pan through the house, they have a shelf with tchotchkes on it. And she has one that is like a porcelain woman with an eye patch. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. How did you pick up on that? How can you not? I, I didn't know. see that at all. Was it of it? Well, like a person with an it's eye like patch? It's like a white woman that um, has an eye patch. It's like a bust. Mm-hmm. But it's a white woman. Well, it's white porcelain. Is that what's important? Yes, that's what's important. It's a white woman, like white porcelain, and the only thing you could see is, is the, the eye patch. Eye patch. Oh, man. That's funny. I got to go back and catch that. I think we should go back and check it just because I might just be insane. <laughs> okay, wait. We have it right now. Oh, it my. It is. It's white. It's there. Yeah. Whew, good catch. Do you think it's important that they uh, that they they have debuted Invitation to Love on this episode? I don't think it's important, but I like it. It's funny. It becomes way more integral in like the second season, doesn't it? Yeah, but doesn't it really just end up mirroring sort of what's going on? Like like it doesn't, a, it, does it foretell anything? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it just kind of mirrors like kind of the shitty things that go on in the show, right? <clears throat> yeah. What's the takeaway? Like, what's the purpose of it? Do I don't think? think there. I don't think there is any. Just to echo that there are some really soap opery parts of the show right yeah they're like they're kind of like pointing that out i feel like yeah like kind of making fun of themselves yeah in a way. Yeah, yeah 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 i love when um we introduce uh albert into the show and um we, we introduce yeah we've got <laughs> did i say we yeah <laughs> <laughs> we int- it's like it's like your sports team yeah. we did really well yeah. today you guys we yeah. we did a great episode today yeah. I love it when we introduced Albert into the show, <laughs> and um, they went through that whole sequence with um, Truman, and uh, Dale was just like kind of like smiling in the background when uh, he and Truman were just like going going at it one on one. Yeah, it, it seemed like he was like um, it was satisfying to him to see it play out like he said it was going to. Do you think it was like satisfying or just him being like like his crazy kind of aloof self? I took it more as like he was um, more pleasing, not in, like in sort of like a, uh, I don't know. He was watching it unfold and yeah. he just was amused by that. Like okay. he didn't, he wasn't smiling because the guy was being a dick. Yeah. But like I, t- he, I took it as like he knew that was going to happen and that's how that guy is. And he's just sort of like. And he kind of assumed that Truman could keep his own and 
Yeah. He wouldn't have to stick up for Truman. Yeah, he was sort of like a, above it a little bit. I like yeah. when Truman says he's going to punch his teeth two blocks up. It's a queer, queer street. street. Yeah. <laughs> that must be some sort of saying. In Twin Peaks. <laughs> Twin Peaks. I don't think I've ever... I might start using that, though. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would fly in our... No. 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 Okay. And then, then the scene with Leland and the record player. Yeah. Playing the big band music. What's Pencil- the lyric? It's Pittsburgh something. Pennsylvania but... 65,000 is the song. What does that mean? I think that's the White House, isn't it? Isn't that the White House address? No, it's 1600. <laughs> is it even on Pennsylvania Avenue? Yeah, it, it is, is on Pennsylvania Avenue. It okay. It's 1600. It's not 65,000, though. Mm-hmm. Huh. We'll go back to that. <laughs> is, this thing, is this thing on? Is this on? <laughs> All right. Okay. Sam, keep us in line. I think it might be the zip code of the way out. (laughs) No. It's not that. Is it? No, No. I think it might be. No, it isn't. No, it is. I just Googled it. It is. Oh, okay. And he's he's, he's dancing with a picture of Laura, and it's like really creepy, right? Yeah. I mean, he's. Him and his wife are hysterical. They like can't keep their shit together. Yeah. And she's like, what's going on in this household? It's like. Have you been watching yourself? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're <laughs> like, insane. Like, go look in a mirror, you crazy lady. <laughs> she's scared to look in a mirror. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of that scene is when she just kind of, like, saunters over to the record player and just swipes the needle off the mm-hmm. record. Yeah. I just love that. Everything's so dramatic. Yeah. And she's been wearing a robe for a few days now. <laughs> so do you think that when she says, what's going on in this house, it's that's a foreshadow of what the actual revelation is of... Maybe Leland and yeah, considering and that. that she's been kind of seeing it from both sides in yeah. a way. Does she know it? You know, does she know what? Do they ever talk about that? Does she? Is she in the loop? No, maybe like subconsciously. I think yeah, she has visions, so I think she knows, but maybe. I mean, eventually she knows, right? Once Leland gets convicted of no, but does she know what? Like as it's going on, does she consciously know what's happening? And repressing it. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I yeah. feel like they don't really talk that. about That's not like a dress, really. Because she's having, like, what's going on? And what's been going on in this house? Or what, what did she say? She's like, what's going what's, on? What's happening in this house? What's happening what's in this house? going on? Yeah. And like, so does she maybe know what's going on? Something to think about. And then uh, Agent Cooper just uh, goes for a nice restful night of sleep. Goes the end. end. Yeah, in the, in the end. <laughs> that's end it. Episode. There's some episode. there's some weird shit at the end, and that's yeah, right. yeah, nothing important. Not something we should probably get. It's yeah. probably irrelevant to the plot of the show too. Yeah. Can you do you guys? Can you do the backwards talk? Um, can you do the backwards talk? If there's if there <laughs> is subtitles, then I'm alright. Can you guys? The more I don't do know if it's just getting used to it. Chalk? <laughs> but the more that I watch it, the more that I could. I feel like I don't have to read the subtitles. Can you, I think I'm starting to understand Because it, because it was like the fifth language. time that we watched it. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand the I language. I want to hear you guys try it. I'm fluent. You know this doesn't go well for so me. I want to hear, and by you guys, I mean Lori. Can you try the backwards talk? <laughs> so you want her to do the backwards talk where she says it backwards or you just sound like when they're playing Yeah, yeah, you try and emulate how it sounds. Oh, okay. Okay, go ahead. Oh, really? <laughs> this isn't going to end well. <laughs> it just sounds like a cartoon character choking on a bowling ball. Come on, you guys. I'm too much Does of a Does this sound like I'm talking backwards? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't. Damn it. Lori, <laughs> sorry. Come on. 
but I don't want to. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> it's so terrible. It's, it's just one of Sam's funny things that he likes to do because I am really awful yeah. at every, but any funny. imitation or it's any. It's good radio. Um, one of the things is every time we see the Outback commercial, he always tries to make me imitate <laughs> the Outback commercial. The and Australian accent. The Australian accent. The new rule's it's, just right. Yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's uh, not funny because it's it never. You can't do it. Do, do no, that. I can't. Can, all right. Do, do an Outback commercial in an Australian accent backwards. <laughs> backwards. Go. They're a little shrimp on. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. You're just going to edit that out. Yeah. No. And rule just <laughs> right. <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> that actually was really good. We should use that one and right. end on that note and never and make me try to do that again. In the context of the of the first three episodes, do you think that this dream sequence could could just like seem like a dream? Even though we know it's not, can you repeat the question and rephrase it in a way that I can understand? I was sorry, I was still talking in backwards. (laughs) (laughs) In the context of just seeing the first three episodes, do you think that dream could be viewed as just a dream? No, because he says afterwards that I know who killed Laura Palmer. Okay, so no, my answer would be no, Lori. Um, I can see where Sam's coming from. If you're just watching it and you think, uh, cause there's, you're just watching the show. He has a dream and he might think he knows that, but you don't, you only know from, well, I guess maybe, do you think it's even more important than giving, getting an answer from the future? I understand Uh, what you're asking better now. What you're saying is, do you think this is some, do you get a clue that this is going to be some larger, extra dimensional kind of deal that it turns out a bigger part of the show than just like he sees something in a dream. Yep. Um, Good question. I don't. Yeah, I guess sort of because I think what would clue me off there is Mike. When Mike gives his context. Because we've seen Mike previously in the show. We've seen Mike and we've seen Bob. And we've seen Mike, we've seen Bob. And they also do a pretty good job of tying in the um, Sarah Palmer visions into that because during that little flash clips at the beginning of the dream. One of them is Sarah Palmer walking down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So it sort of ties in like her crazy vision and some people you've seen and some real life characters into this new thing. So mm-hmm. I think there's, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I'm saying that with the bias of already knowing what happens. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of things. There's a lot <laughs> of things bad. that we could talk about in the red room. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like secrets and foreshadowing and she's filled with secrets. She's filled with secrets. She's my cousin. Okay. Red Room. Here we are. I'm Cooper. I'm going to sleep now, you guys. Oh, what's that? It's Mike. What's that? Here's a bunch of flashing images. All of a sudden, I'm in this fucking crazy red room. There's this little red midget dancing and shaking around. There's Laura Palmer. I'm sitting there. I'm 30 years older. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And now I got a lot of questions. Who's that? What's he talking about? Why does he sound like a fucking idiot? There's Laura Palmer. What's her deal? Is she going to come make out with me? Maybe. Hope so. Hope so. Maybe it's her cousin. Yeah. Or both. Yeah, but sometimes her arms bend back. That sounds hot. (laughs) (laughs) There's music in the air. The birds are singing a pretty song. I'm feeling it. Now I'm feeling it. 
That's how BuzzFeed would lay it out. That's the attention span of these kids these days. Right, exactly. We don't have time to go through and explain all the little meaning of everything. I think no. everyone Minutia. knows what it is. Minutia and garbanzo. Well, even 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 when I go back and watch it, I wouldn't have known what the clues were referencing if I didn't look it up online. Right. Like, I wouldn't know that the little man dancing references Leland dancing or... I didn't know that until you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> I should listen to your podcast at this point. <laughs> you had a good question earlier of like, when you first see it, do you think it's just some bizarre, weird dream thing or, mm-hmm. or not? And when's the next time they really even get into that? Like, cause that's my, one of my favorite parts of the show is it's a regular drama crime deal. And then they sprinkle in the weird. It's not weird all the time. It's not just a bizarre thing. Every single scene has some crazy supernatural element. It's got cool little sprinkles of like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I like that. And it's, well, it's definitely what has gathered the show. It's called following. Yeah. I mean, if they just, if it was just a straight murder mystery, then I don't think it would have come back 25 years later. And I didn't, when you guys actually told me about this show years ago, when I first, and years ago, like three years ago, when I, like, I was like, um, okay, 90s, it's old, check it out. Oh, that guy, Kyle MacLachlan, he's in some shit. Yeah. And and then I watched it and I was like, I I didn't know that that's how the show was. I like, I didn't know it went into the sci-fi, weird, different dimension, crazy realm of things. So mm-hmm. I think watching it the first time, I think that's like a eye-opening kind of part where you're like, what the fuck? You're like our only friend who liked it that we tried to get to watch it. Thank you. Conway hates it. Yeah, he's a simple-minded idiot. <laughs> he's pretty dumb. All I'm right, tra- so... I'm trying not to look at my notes. Why? I don't know. Yeah, Because every time I go, b- go to notes. my notes... It... No, let's talk about something yeah. in your notes. Let's pick something up. Let's do like, yeah. like we should have like a wheel wheel of notes. Let's wheel spin the. <laughs> you landed on. <laughs> Laura tells Cooper the killer. You landed on Laura tells Cooper the killer. <laughs> what do you he, think she whispers in his ear? I want to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's. She has that look in her eyes. Yeah, I think everyone knows that except you. Do you think she really tells him to kill her? Or do you, do I don't you, know. I don't even remember what happens I think at the beginning he, of the next episode. I feel episode. like he, she might not necessarily tell him, but he gets it from the flashes, the sequence. The He ties it all together. Well, it's a dream. It's hard to remember that shit. Mm, yeah. Although he does tell <coughs> Truman it can wait for tomorrow, mm-hmm. which maybe it couldn't have. I don't maybe think it was it on his brain. Have. I that think he should have just started over. dictating. And why isn't he dictating to Diane right there? Is there not a better point? Like, that's the part of the series where it would most make sense to start just rambling into a tape recorder. Is right when you wake up from the dream where they tell you who the killer is. And where's Agreed. Diane? Agreed. Batteries are on the charger. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's safe to go with that to sleep with that much product in your hair? <laughs> no, no, no. Because I feel like now you're working against yourself because now you got to bring that down. Yeah. So what's the symbolism of there's got to be something to the the, the clicks? How the many music. did anyone clap? The um, music count? in the air, the he snaps. That's a huge takeaway there. Like what's going well, on? Well, music in the air references 
the cabin that Laura was murdered in. There's a record player that has been skipping since the night she was murdered. So it's always playing. There's always music. Um, And birds sing a pretty song, I think, is a reference to the bird that they had in the cabin, Waldo. Yep, Waldo. Okay. So there's there's all these like little tidbits of things in there, but the internet is needed to figure out what is what, I think. So that's interesting because, I mean, obviously the, the, the series came out in the early 90s, pre-internet, pre-us able to geek out on shit like that. It, what's the, does David Lynch and Mark Frost make this show, you know, thinking that people are going to watch it? More? Like, what's the purpose in the early 90s of putting all these tiny little details around something that... For all intents and purposes, there's no TiVo. There's no way to rewatch it. I mean, what? how does that work? I don't, I don't get that. Well, it definitely makes it more intriguing. Yeah. I mean, it it's it... really ahead of its time. I think now when people make shows, everyone assumes people are going to binge watch it and watch episodes really close together. And I think people also assume they're going to watch it a bunch and they're going to be able to talk about it and they're going to be able to pick up on every little detail. Yeah. I don't think that was the case back then. And that's what makes it kind yeah. of interesting that – they have a montage and they have all these little clues and things like that where, you know, as far as I know, in the early 90s, you watch a TV show, that's it. Unless it goes forever. into syndication. Well, it's a very Lynchian thing to have the symbolism. But on the surface level, it just it makes it like a puzzle for the viewer. Something for them to, even if, if they're not investigating it, it gives it the feel of a puzzle. So they feel like they're, try- they're involved in solving something. Mm-hmm. They have pieces of something to go on. A lot of times I have a feeling like some things are clues and some of them are just irrelevant, but fun yeah. to think about whether they're like have any the man meaning from or not. The other place says, let's rock. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. I think it's just something that David Lynch said in, in real life. So they just put it in there. Yeah. I think it is in the movie. I think in, originally in the series, that's just how it came out. It was just something that David Lynch said. When I had read that, or you had told me that, like that totally makes sense. It totally sounds like something you would say. Um, I also think it's interesting that, like, and I, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier. If they put these little clues in, and this is pre go look everything up on the internet and watch everything a million times. But he's a filmmaker, and I think that's like an interesting piece to this. Is like even back then, if you're making films, that's something that's rewatchable and is a kind of a quick hit hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hour kind of piece of material where like it does make more sense to drop little clues in and people remember that an hour later. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of interesting. I think that translates really well now um, that he uses some of those elements into the storytelling. I don't know if you remember in the movie, there was that one part at the beginning where they had, it was somebody's secretary from the FBI, I think, and she was giving the memo or the, the the message to the agent, but she was giving it to them in all her symbolisms. The, the dress she had on, the flower, the faces she was making. She wasn't saying anything to the agents, but it was they were getting the clues to everything. So it's just an insight into David Lynch's symbolism that he uses. It's kind of like deconstructing his symbolism in that one scene. Another, I don't know what to make of this, I think this is the first episode where the credits roll to something other than just mm-hmm. Laura Palmer's um, prom photo, mm-hmm. um, which I found kind of Laura, pick up Laura's on theme. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just. I don't know if that means anything, or if that's sort of like an extended symbol of like, hey, this is where the show might go. 
Um, but the other thing that hits me there at the very, very end, more so I think because it like lulls you into that like guy dancing, is every time the Frost Lynch production thing comes on at the end, it's yeah. just like, I go, ah! <laughs> like, I like, you think I'm watching these like late at night, I guess. And like, I'm like falling asleep and then it's like, I'm like, ah! Oh, guys, we saw the uh, Twin Peaks band. Those guys were pretty good. Yeah. Even though they're like 14 years old. There were like 16 old. other people there, and I'm pretty sure everyone thought that I might be their parents. Well, we were the I was only the pregnant bar. Lady in the I bathroom. went to go buy a round of beers, and the bartender was like, You're the first person to buy a beer. <laughs> and we got there late. Like, she we got there after the opener. Yeah. Did you see anybody else go up there That's and a buy good a beer? I didn't. No, it was, the only, it was like, I was the, we were the only four people without giant X's across their hands. <laughs> Yeah, it was a young crowd, but they're a good band. Yeah, they're a good band, and I guess in an interview, they were like, well, so do you guys obviously are big Twin Peaks fans? And they're like, no, like the one guy's brother watched the show, and they thought it like sounded cool. They were born in uh, 1995, yeah. probably. They weren't, like, they weren't like down with the show. No. But then I guess they watched it after the fact. Oh, I, I like, think they were even born later than 95. <laughs> they were like 15 years old. Um. Do we even want to deal with uh, listener mail? We got uh, we, we got we got listener mail. If we got it, let's yeah, go ahead. If we got it, let's dig into it. <sighs> From a fucking idiot. Do we have like a theme song before we open the mail? Like most shows have that. Listener mail. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, my name's Chris. Longtime fan, first time emailer. This is the first time watching the show, and I just don't get it. Is it supposed to be serious? Is it supposed to be an exaggeration of a soap opera? Is it a social commentary of Terrible's 90s clothing? This guy's trying to be funny. Yeah, shut up. Is Kill he talking yourself. about Twin Peaks or our podcast? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. hard to be a longtime uh, fan yeah. and a, we have two episodes. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, but well, we also are probably a social commentary on 90s fashion. Just looking around the room right now. Yeah. Yeah, I am wearing a thermal. <laughs> <laughs> and Birkenstocks. <laughs> True. Sorry. All right. Well. All right. Well, I don't want to deter people from writing in. Please write into us. That was actually our idiot friend Chris from uh, New Jersey, who does listen to our podcast just he's... because he's a lonely, <laughs> lonely fucking guy, and he misses us. I and he, guess. he has a three-hour commute every day, so he has nothing better to do on his on his uh, commute. Then listen to a Twin Peaks podcast when he's never seen the show. <laughs> but feel free to write in. Uh, our email is twinspeaks1 at gmail.com. Even if it's just to say hi or tell us how we're doing. Yeah. Tweet, tweet too. What's yeah, the Twitter tweet handle? at twinspeaks1. Yeah, I think we should sign off, guys. Okay. Let's right. do it. Happy Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Take care. Bye.